At the start of the Mass, I inadvertently stiffed our two great guests of honor today because we are blessed to be joined by Leo and Blaise, who will be baptized not too long from now, right after this Mass. But if we were to ask them, well, why are you here today? Blaze is a little bit older, so he'd probably have an answer to that. I'm not sure what Leo would gurgle, but it would be something. But probably they don't have a full understanding why they're here today. But we can answer that question. They're here today because the people who love them and care for them, not only today and not only for the past months or years, but for the rest of their lives, because those people deeply, deeply desire that they should be here today. And not just little Leo and Blaze, but their whole family and their friends. And that they wanted it to happen at St. Joseph's Parish means that they wanted us to be here today. Even if you didn't know that you'd be blessed by their presence coming into this Mass, we are members of this community, and that community matters. I work with seminarians, as some of you know, and they're always obsessed with not wanting to screw things up. We can relate to that, right? Remember those days of training, whatever it is that you do. But the sacraments have all these moving parts to them. Baptism even has moving babies. You've got to do this, you've got to do that. Think of marriage, anointing of the sick, celebrating Mass. I don't want to screw it up. I want to get it right. How am I ever going to learn all these things? And what I say to them always is the same thing. Look, the motions, the actions, you'll get those down. That comes more naturally to some of you than others. Making sure all the right forms get filled out. You could train a monkey to do that. It's a smart enough monkey. But if you really want to prepare people for marriage, if you really want to prepare couples to baptize their child or parents to baptize their child, if you really want to walk into a room with a dying family member and anoint them, then put aside all the instruments for a minute and talk. Talk to people who are married. Talk to people who are newlyweds. Talk to people who've been married for a while. Talk to people on their 50th wedding anniversary. Talk to people who are struggling in marriages. Talk to people who are no longer in marriages. Talk to people who are grieving the loss of a loved one, whether tragically that's a child or a spouse or a dear friend. Talk to people about why they're excited to come into Mass. Talk to the second graders on First Holy Communion Day. Talk to as many people as you possibly can who've gone through the experience that you're so worried about not screwing up. I'm saying all of this because we so often put the cart before the horse. We want to make sure we're doing things right for whatever it is that we care about. When in point of fact, if you really want to learn how to, quote, do it right, then long for what's on the other side. Desire for what's on the other side. Ask yourself, why do these people care about it so much? And why do I care about it so much? If we're not lured and drawn and wildly desirous of whatever it is that we're moving towards, then just focusing on how do I get there is always going to lead to some sort of misstep. Or if we do screw it up, it'll be a source of embarrassment or shame. Instead of saying, okay, I made a misstep, I can learn from that. 
And please, I'm not just talking about seminarians getting ready for sacraments here. Much wider than that. And I'm mentioning this on the Feast of Christ the King because this isn't really just about Jesus. Jesus doesn't need a pep talk from us once a year. Oh yeah, you're king in case you forgot it. It's telling us about this thing, this kingdom of God, right? Very nice. We pray about it. We sing about it in our hymns. But do we long for it? Do we want it? And I'm not just talking about some far-off heaven and, you know, hopefully after we die we might get there. That's not the way Jesus talked about the kingdom. It's what does it look like now? Do we long for it now? Because then all the other things that we teach our children about in terms of the faith or think about ourselves, I better go to the sacraments so that I've got things right with God. I better follow these commandments so that somehow I'll be worthy of the kingdom. Those don't lead us into the kingdom. A deep desire for the kingdom then transforms all of this stuff. Suddenly the sacraments take on a whole new meaning. I guarantee you, I'm speaking for them, you can ask them yourselves, but I guarantee you that Leo and Blaise's families have a whole new insight into the sacrament of baptism because they deeply, deeply long for what they want their children to have. They deeply long for what the rest of their lives will look like. And it's that that transforms the sacrament. It's not the sacrament as some sort of of get-out-of-jail-free card, so we better do it, or else there's going to be trouble down the road. And what does the kingdom of God look like? It isn't that complicated, though it can be daunting until we're there. And Jesus says, look, my kingdom isn't about what you see here. He's talking to Pilate. It's not about your worrying about losing power. It's not about your worrying over being an effective leader. He could have said the same thing to Peter. It's not about you worrying to not blow it or get it wrong as one of my disciples. What my kingdom about is the truth that I'm testifying to. And what's that truth? It's really pretty simple. It comes out of the Gospel of John, where our Gospel came from today. There's only one thing I care about you doing, Jesus says. I want you to love one another as I love you. And if we water that down or say, okay, yeah, I know that, but let's cut to the chase, Jesus. What do you want me to do? It's simply to say, as love is lived out in my life, as I desire it, that's the thing we desire, right? I never met a person in my life who didn't want love, either to cherish more the love that they have or maybe to find the love that they seek or are longing for. And Jesus is simply saying, keep that rightly ordered. Let it be self-sacrificial. Let it always be in service of the other, because then your own heart is open to receive. The families that brought Blaze and Leo here know what that looks like, but so do all the rest of us. But on this particular day, at this particular time, they are a witness to us, just as we in our own way are a witness to them. And long after we walk outside of this beautiful church, Does that longing remain? What will it look like for you or for me? So just a little spiritual exercise as we wrap up another year, the end of ordinary time. Maybe just to ask ourselves, what is it that I really long for? What is it that I desire? And to be brutally honest, maybe it is a little bit self-focused or a little selfish. 
or a little bit defensive because we're feeling hurt by something in the past, then to pray for the grace to open it up. Beautiful thing to pray for this week. And maybe just reflect on the fact that whether you knew it or not, when you came into this Mass tonight, we were greeted by two little guys whose whole lives are about to change forever. And so are ours. If you really want to get this church stuff right, then long for the kingdom.